This is Tony Silva and Charles Wiz. And this is Two Teachers Talking, episode 50, 50. The big 50. Yeah, 50, exactly two years, uh, Charles, getting together and talking about uh, teaching English in Japan. And uh, I don't know if we've <laughs> learned anything from it. I don't know if you've learned anything, but, but uh, we're still battling, we're still fighting, and um, we're talking about uh, problems that we have and solutions that we think we might have found and things that we have found out don't work so well either. Yeah, a lot of those. <laughs> you think yeah. more than the others but we've done f before today so we've done 49 of these yeah yep. that's yeah. a lot of topics have we been repetitive have we been repeating ourselves don't uh, answer that don't not answer too that much. not too much i don't think <laughs> i don't think we have either so but that's yeah. amazing 49 of these and this is number 50 yeah it's mm. a lot mm. and i think and so we tackle a big one today um today talk about uh teaching the unteachable, um, if there is such a thing. Is there such a thing as an uh, unteachable student? And uh, when, uh, if ever, is it okay to give up? Or accept that idea. Yeah, or, you know, and what, and what do you do? I mean, you find yourself in that situation where it seems like uh, you've exhausted all your options and things aren't working. What do you do? Mm. And I think we have to make a distinction between, for our situation in Japan, that it's a real difference if you're full-time or part-time uh. to work with, you know, when you talk about a student who, you know, can I work with a student, can I not, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're part-time, you're at that school maybe one day, most likely. You're moving around, you're busy, you don't have time, you don't have an office, you don't have any place really to work whereas if you're full-time you're on campus approximately three to four days a week and you have time you've got time you've got an office you got you have space a place, you, you have can, a place you where can you can work with down, somebody you can give the student extra time whereas exactly. yeah, part-time you're really resource strapped right so i think we'll make start off with that distinction but in general i think it's uh as you and i have talked about tony this is the question that really nobody ever wants to ask and doesn't want to deal with mm. and i think a lot of it is because it goes pretty deep down into what we believe and how tarnished we've become over time with our experiences from lack of support let's say from universities or administration or the program yeah sure all all of that oh. and then coupled with our own um ego <laughs> None of us, I think. I don't have um, an ego. Yeah, I know, but none of us <laughs> want to accept that. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not the the best teacher in the world, and I can just so you can. It's not my fault. <laughs> Certainly, it's not my fault. It's this damn kid, right? Um, That's a good point. Yeah, it's a, and it's a, and yet people at the other extreme as well, right? Um, where they always think, well, yeah, I can. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm do this. I, I can't, I'm not, I, some, some, I'm doing, what am I doing wrong? There's got to be, you know, and sometimes you're doing everything right. And sometimes it's, yeah, it's sometimes it's not you. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll be talking about that and trying to figure when that is. So for this year, um, you know, new, you're kind of beginning, um, I imagine, you know, a few weeks in already, you've got yours problem students for the year picked out <laughs> i assume oh, you mean you know who they are <laughs> well there's let's redefine the problem student okay okay um and i think what we were talking about is what was it the the i guess there's two ways to look at it is one would be some people would say the kids the students unteachable right but i mm. want to rephrase it to the student that i can't teach or is unteachable for me. I want to start off with that. But well, I, I, okay, I know. but I, then we need to make, a, I think, make further distinctions because um, there are, are there are some kids either because of just raw intellectual horsepower, or um, and I was going to kind of get into this a little bit later on, um, all kinds of other problems, you know, disabilities, uh, which we, we did talk about before. We're not going to go into that, but emotional problems. Um, home problems that 
Um, yeah, I'm not sure that some of those kids in the situations that they're in that it's possible that nobody would be able to teach them. So, I it's, mean, you're, you're right. There is a, a, a big factor, the, the dynamic between an individual teacher and an individual student. Some work and some don't. But it's it's not always that. Right. It's not always that. But I think mm. that that's how I have to approach it. Okay. In there's just, it's... Okay, so let's go go back. Let, let's backtrack for a second, as because obviously I'm I'm hedging and you know I'm have, I have trouble. Well, with it's this a tough topic. topic. Yeah, 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 I have trouble with this. We're, topic. we're gonna have, we're, this is gonna happen a lot today. I think. <laughs> yes, and just you know, in that attempt to really try to be as honest as possible. Yeah, I think that there are just students I can't reach. Okay, and I yeah. don't know whether somebody else can reach them or not because my experience or my contact with them is in the classroom and it's in an English classroom and I'm not also I want to we should make that distinction that we're not talking about that just because a student doesn't speak English doesn't mean there's not they're not intelligent well very very correct and, and it's, a, it's something that seems obvious but something that very often is forgotten right and what I'm talking about is just that there are students who for that all those variety of reasons I think you talked about you know something going on at home some emotional to think that's going on in their life um there could be psychological issues um learning disabilities or other disabilities i think we should put aside for right now because i think so too right that's a separate thing but um you know attitude is another issue what you know we're talking about but i'm saying they're just some kids i can't reach they their level for example um i have one student at one school and um the student asked please um, repeat question number 16 again. And he said it in Japanese. And I said, okay, how do you say 16 in English? You know, giving Jiroku, you know. And that student took 20 seconds to come up with 16. And this, and uh, for people not in Japan, this student has been studying English, or he's been in English classes for a minimum of six years. Right. Yeah, and the student just can't, has not, not spoken more than four English words to me in four weeks has a real problem there. So I'm at this school for one, for only one day and I have 90 minutes of contact in that class. You know, what can I do? Right. Is it, is it worthwhile to, in terms of cost benefit analysis, how much time can I give that student? How far off, uh, the other question I got, the size of the class and how far off the norm of the class is, I mean, in terms of, you know, compared to the rest of the class, where does he sit? I mean, how far away is from the... He's pretty, yeah, it's not the, the best school, but he's pretty far from the norm. Okay. I mean... So he's an outlier. He's an it's not, out... It's not a whole class of, of people who are, having, who are at, kind of at this level. Exactly. Okay. But it's, um, you know, it's a class of about 15 students. It's not too big. But, but you know that's you know you're asking for an example, right? And that's the student who just doesn't can't grasp English, let's say. Right, and and, and sometimes you'll you'll get that. And when I was younger, um, and found myself in situations like that, I would find myself actually conducting two class two different classes simultaneously. So where you have somebody like that, or maybe two people like that, you get the rest of the class on task then you go and you give your personal attention to this and it is it's exhausting yes it's exhausting and i'm not suggesting that as a solution it's something that i did uh, i may or may not have gotten results from it um but uh, frankly i don't i don't think it's fair to the teacher to expect that um i mean a lot of us have complexes and we feel like you know that's you know you know super teacher to to the rescue and things and um you know if you can if you can handle if you can do that we all need saints <laughs> this world needs more saints <laughs> apparently the catholic church thinks they're canonizing everybody but uh uh yeah i mean if you can do that that's fine but um i'm not sure that that's the best solution i don't know what the best solution is i'm, I'm hoping that you're gonna 
pipe in any second now, Charles. Why do I feel like I'm being set up here? Are you setting me up, Tony? No. No, no you would no, never I'm, do that I'm to me. I'm flailing here. I need help. I need help. I don't... I mean, I know what I've done. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I would do now. Um, I know how hard it is to do what I did before. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah, well, I think... In, like in that situation, with your, specifically the one you just described. Well, usually... The, my classes, in some ways, are set up so that that can occur, that I can teach at multiple levels. A lot of, again, the use of group work right, um, allows <clears throat> the teacher to work with, you know, a, a student who's having trouble. The problem is that with this group of students, it's at a school that doesn't have, um, the students don't have a very high commitment to learning. And it's more like a high school class in the sense that... That was very oh, tactful, Charles. That was very tactful. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what did I say? I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> I'm not usually accused of that, Tony. So <laughs> it was I'm, beautiful. I'm, I'm kind of reveling in the, uh, in the pleasure of being called tactful. That for this class, I am on discipline duty. Yes. If I would focus on one student, it's one of those classes where if you turn your back to write on the board, they start talking to each other and tr sharing answers because their focus is getting the task done, not in learning. So I can't do... It's what they've been taught. Right. Well, for whatever reason, and I'm not worried about or concerned with what you know happened before. You know, my ego's so big that, you know, my classroom's going to be different. You know, um, I'm going to have an effect here. I'm going to teach you guys English that I can't do that kind of focus. I have to actually stay walking around the room and dropping in on every group, every, you know, every circle through the yeah, classroom. Yeah, you're, you're writing herd. And yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes, because otherwise they go into Japanese yeah. and, you know, I'm cajoling them and I'm kind of threatening, but I don't want to get into being, you know, what I call the English police, you know, where you have to subtract points because they're not using yeah. Japanese. So... Part of it is, as you said, you know, that um, is the class, are you in a position where you can help the outlier, that kid who's having trouble? But again, if this kid were at any other school, he'd be even far more of an outlier than he would be in this class. Uh -huh. You know, and if I looked at vocabulary levels and stuff, he's not that far away, but he's still the kid, have, the student having the most amount of trouble. Yeah, and yeah, there's, there's a real hole in his communicative experience that this for him is got is just something totally foreign which is very similar to a big class that i had not a big class but a full class that i had last year yeah so the question is you know i mean he he's already given up on english right the student mm. is mm. he's mm. given That's up a, i'm never yes. gonna learn yep. you could see it yeah i'm never yeah. gonna learn english i have to take this class What's what do I need to do to get a 60? That's what he asked me, actually, in Japanese. He goes, mm. what do I need to do to get a 60 so I don't have to take this class again? Yeah. So if he's given up and then I'm now struggling with, well, if he's given up, then why don't I just help him get the 60? But that would require lowering standards to a high degree. And then that's, you know, there's the two, the, you know, the angel and the devil on your shoulders. Uh -huh. Right, and the angel's like, "I'm going to help this kid, and he's going to learn." And then there's a devil on my shoulder that goes, "The kid's given up. There's really nothing that's going to be done. Help, you know, help the at-risk kid. You know, in other words, help the kids who's teetering one way or the other. Right? Who could go to? Okay, this kid might learn to like English, or this kid might be happy. So I struggle, you know, and I don't like the part of me that just says, you know, just help the kid get the sixty. And then there's a part of you that says, hey, I'm not going to give a kid a 60 if he doesn't deserve it. But you know what's going to happen in the system? We should talk about this one day, right? Is he'll go through two or three different English classes until finally in his fourth year, the teacher will, you know, realize, yeah, I got to pass this kid. I'm not going to, you know, stop this kid from graduating because he can't speak English, right? Mm. I don't know. As you can see, I'm conflicted on this. <clears throat> After yeah, all these uh, years you, of teaching. What you just described. Um... I'm sorry? Um, I have a couple of kids that I'm going to talk about. I think, but I think later on, who um, another part of this problem, who um, um, not they haven't given up per se, uh, but it's it's a different it's a different problem. Is they actually um, are setting themselves up? They actually want to fail. 
um, they want to fail. I, I don't know if they're getting back at their parents or you know you know what kind of problem they have, but they want to fail. And I want to get to that later on. But um, this this uh, this kid in your um, class that you're uh, describing, um, I have um, his counterpart. I think she is not uh, so off in terms of level. Um, I don't think she's much uh, less than um, her ability isn't that much lower than other people's. Um, but I can tell from, uh, you know, watching her class, the class, she's in a good class, fairly high level. You know, she's, she's not that far behind them, but you can look at her and um, she is if you just watch her behavior, she's in pain. She is writhing on the desk. Um, she can't stand still. Um, she's, she's really, she looks like she's physically in pain as, uh, in the class and, um, and the other students are noticing and it's, it's really something. Hmm. What do you do? Um, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with her yet. Um, she hasn't gotten the textbook yet, and she was with another student. You know, I think they were using my textbook, and I you know I think there was a, it wasn't their fault. The school bookstore screwed things up. Um, and the uh, girl that she was paired with was trying to get her trying to get her to engage. Um, and again, she just you know kind of into this. Uh, painful thing. She says she just hates English. Um, my next step is going to be to to talk to her directly. Um, the, I, I, I noticed this girl on the first day, and uh, you know, just kind of, you know, not picked on her a little bit, but you know, focused on her, and you know, and asked her a question, and uh, she's very disconcerted. She's like, you know, what, what's? I, I guess she's used to being ignored, maybe. Um, very. <laughs> disconcerted that someone was paying attention to her. Uh, I think she said something like, well, why are you picking on me? And, uh, and she was, you know, the second class, she was in a little bit of trouble and things. So I'll talk to her and just find, I'm, you know, I'll just ask, you know, first off, I'm going to ask what's going on. And it's like, you know, I hate English. It's like, well, yeah, sure. Of course I get it. I hate, I hated studying Japanese too, but um, this is what we got to do. This is our job. And I so said, you're, you know, you you know, you, the way you're acting, you're disruptive. You're bothering other kids, and I, I get that you hate it, and I'm not going to ask the world of you, but you know, you've got to throttle it down to the point where you're not a nuisance to other people. Sit in the back, sleep. Um, fine. Just don't, uh, just, just don't bother the other people. Yeah, and I think it might be important to point out, at least, I think a shared perception of a lot of English teachers is that in other classes the teachers wouldn't mark that behavior right uh, right uh. in other words if students sleep it doesn't get marked the teacher doesn't walk up to the student and say hey i think I need, you need to pay attention you need to be participating mm. if they take out their k-tai their cell phones and start texting i think a lot of professors won't mark that behavior so that might account for why she said, you know, um, <laughs> why are you picking <laughs> yeah, what on are, me? Yeah, what are you hassling me for? Yeah, nobody else does. Nobody else Well, cares. that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said about with your students, like, yeah, that's how that's what he's been taught. And that's that's kind of what she's been, wherever she came from. She's coming from a different school than a lot of the other kids. And where she comes from, that was acceptable behavior. Um, I've got a, a, another student. She's very similar. Well, she's not, she, she's not in, um, she doesn't writhe in pain the way this one does, but she's a, a scholar. Mm. And uh, she also, her behavior is like very, you know, different from the rest of the class. The rest of the class generally very well behaved. Um, she scowls, she, you know, everyone else has got their book open on their appropriate page. She's got the book closed and she's scowling at the floor. And um, I just, and I got lucky. And I, you know, I said, you know, on the first day, I explained the only reason to come here is that if you're going to, you know, be studying English, working English. If you know, if that's not, if you don't want to do this, you can just leave. You don't have to be here. Don't be here for me. Um, if you don't, you're not here. You know, this is our job. We're here to learn English. If you want to do it, you can. You need to go. And then she was kind of a little bit hurt by it. 
but I got lucky. I got really lucky. She responded. Mm. And uh, I just wrote a little note, just a scrap piece of paper. Thank you, the little heart. And I folded it and I put it on her desk. And she freaked out. I said, what, 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 what? And she opened it and she read it. And it, her, her face lit up. She got some kind of, then this may be a first word. She got positive reaction from a teacher. Mm. I, 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 you, the transformation in her face was just, <laughs> it was something to see. I got, I almost got scared. It's like, what the hell's going to happen now? <laughs> but she was so happy. And at the end of class, she said, thank you to me. So, but that's pure luck. <laughs> I don't anticipate that happening again, and it's certainly not going to happen with this other girl writhing on the desk. I don't know how that's going to fall out. Right. Well, I think. But that, um, you know, three your case and these two, all you know, kind of similar. I mean, these girls uh, that I'm talking about, I don't think they. And, and, but un, in contrast to yours, they don't lack the horsepower at all. Mm. They're 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 sharp enough. They can do it. All they need to do is want to. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, right. There's a difference between the students who are not succeeding because of attitude mm-hmm. and then the mm-hmm. students who are not succeeding because they just might not be able to cope with the subject. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think my problem in this situation is I do have those students, right? The, you know, the attitudinal ones. And I always try to be positive. I'll scold them. I'll say, listen, your behavior is unacceptable you need to take another teacher because you're not going to succeed in my class with this kind of attitude. I try to be real Mm. clear about that. But when they do stay and the first time that they do something positive, right, you, I will make a positive remark. And you're right. I think for most of these students, sorry, Tony, um, that they have never gotten positive feedback. Is right. my image, right? You can look at it and that no one's ever said thank you or I appreciate your hard work. And they get shocked. But the problem I have is when you have the student and that student stays after you've given the warning, right? The shot across the bow. And then you give them positive feedback and they still stay negative. Yeah. I have a, I yeah. just, that just, yeah. I just get flustered and frustrated on that. And it's, you know, I'll try the second time and the third. And after the third time, it's just like, listen, your attitude, you know, you know, and then the only thing I know what to do is to consistently give feedback to the students on their, you know, weekly quizzes and then say, okay, here's your quiz total. This is the grade you're earning right now in the class. Yeah. Yeah. You get thrown back on that thing of just threatening the failure. Exactly. And that's just, oh, you know, what a terrible feeling. And it makes me feel like I'm a crappy teacher. Yes. Right. Yes. I internalize that because, again, I think almost everyone we know run, you know, works from the basis that everyone's teachable. You have to kind of walk into the room with that attitude. Otherwise you have to. You're, you're, kind, of, no, you're, you're, you're kind of in trouble. Well, yeah. yeah, you have to walk. But that's, I think, what we're talking about is that right. everybody I know, all these people, I know some truly amazing professionals, teachers, you know, people who are true educators and can do work magic. And I envy them. Um but I know that everyone walks in with that attitude, but the reality is that you come across students and it's just, it's like banging your head against a wall. And what do you do? You, you, at some point, you know, it's like, no, I'm sorry. It's this kid's just not for, for some reason, this kid and I are not working. We're not clicking. And I just have to assume it's me that the kid is teachable if he had the right teacher. But unfortunately this kid got assigned to my class and I don't know what to do anymore. And I hate that feeling. Oh. I really hate that feeling. You know, and it's um, it's that's a, that's a good way to ruin my day. Mm. And I'm fighting, fighting with the feeling of that of it's not me, it's them. And if I can, you know, that's that would just make. Well, I think you need to. I think I think right. We talked about well, this. Something. Yeah, we have. Sometimes you have to accept that. Yeah. Sometimes it is them. Yeah, but how do you know? That's what I'm scared of, that I'll make the wrong call. (laughs) You know? Uh, You you know that feeling. Yeah. Right? That, you know, how do you know you're giving up on a student who has potential? And. Yeah, I don't don't think you ever know. Um, I don't think you ever know because, uh, yeah, you, you know, I've had classes that I've kind of, and this is, goes back to the place where we were uh, together, but after you left, um had a especially difficult class 
uh, to teach. It was large. It was 40 or 45. Which is a big class. It's a big class. And the, the, these were a lot of unsocialized kids and uh, low of disparate levels, some different disparate, disparate levels, levels of, right? of, of levels of language ability, different uh, different levels of motivation. There were some, uh, you know, really kind of, you know, sincere gung-ho kids in there that maybe couldn't get into any other school. There were some real rough street guys. There were kids in there with uh, pretty bad emotional problems. And um, yeah, um, and I basically kind of uh, to, to a certain degree gave up on this class pretty early on. You know, I tried this, I tried that, I tried this, I tried that. I said, okay, uh, I, I, I give up. And um, okay, this is what we're going to do. You guys in uh, groups, you're gonna. I, I'm going to put a model dialogue on the board. You guys are going to make your own dialogue based on this. You're going to memorize. You can recite it. When you recite it, you go home. Hmm. They loved it. <laughs> they came alive. They got creative with their dialogue. They and they just like it's like that was the last thing I expected. Um, also in this class was, um, um, I think probably on the podcast, we've talked about her before. I'll talk about kids that, you know, you give up on. We, we uh, in this program, uh, me and, uh, the other teachers, um, you know, talked about the classes and, you know, kids in this, and there was this one girl, um, so pretty heavy duty problems, um, quiet, sat by herself, never said a word, never said a word in any of her classes in any language, not in English, not in Japanese, but just, she kind of sat quietly. She kind of did the work, you know, and I walk around, I say, you know, uh, let's call her Emmy. Emmy, how you doing? How you doing? Just look and maybe show her paper and things. It's okay, good. You know, one of those cases before is that where you're doing like two or three classes simultaneously walking around. And one day we were, you know, talking about shopping and grocery shopping and everyone's supposed to make a you know a shopping list and then you you know you practice you know practice your conversation buying things and stuff and go go over to emmy and say emmy what what did you buy and she looks up and she said bread and so yeah second month of the second semester she said her first word at school (laughs) wow and it was english so you know Small success, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but um, you know, uh, again, this and this is, I, I you know, I don't know if you know, say I actually gave up because I am still walking around and I am still trying to engage her and I'm asking a question. I'm not expecting an answer, but I'm still, you know, packing it in. Um, but yeah, it makes it, you know, just to underscore what you said. How do you know when? giving when the give up point is when do you give up when is it okay to when is it not to um i don't know i don't know yeah it's it's strange isn't it yeah yeah it's really really strange i i mean i've had in not recently but this while ago where i've had students where we've actually just had to say i'm sorry get out of my class you're disruptive Mm -hmm. you're too disruptive and you, I, that's an easy call to make is that I'm sorry the student's not responding to anything you know that I'm being positive and the student has not responded to more um, serious kinds of threats for lack of a better word if you continue with this behavior then I will have to ask you to leave or cause you to leave and then you know you have to kick the student out and that is not a problem for me because it's a disruptive student but I live in fear that I'm not going to help a student, I'm going to give up on a student, and that somehow that my giving up on that student is somehow going to cause them never to learn again. You know, maybe I'm exaggerating my role in that student's life, but that that doubt, you know, it's so easy to work with any, let me rephrase, it's a joy to work with a, motiva- a motivated student regardless of their level. And oh, hell yeah. I know sure. that actually one of the best classes I ever had was at a, um, a Tandai, a junior college 
had and the students were really low level they were they obviously not you know very high academic achieving students but these 12 students were so motivated as a group and know that they didn't have any English, but it was a joy work. I still remember them as being one of the best classes, the most fun I've ever had as a teacher. Mm. So it's not a matter of the level in that sense. But I think what we're really getting to is like, for example, with the student I, I talked about, right, is that he has his motivation is very specific. It's very extrinsic, but he's clear. So obviously he he understands how the system works, mm -hmm. but I want that student to want to learn, not just figure out how to answer the question. Or I have another other students who just don't seem to get it, and I just you know I feel like I'm sorry I can't um, expend resources towards you, giving you well, extra time. That's the time. thing. That's it's it's, it's resource allocation, right? But and I, I think when you your initial statements about part time and full time. At the time, I was saying, eh, but no, I, it, you're, it really is a huge point because uh, I think a big factor in, in reaching kids like this almost always has to come out, not necessarily outside the classroom because it can happen in that room and in that time period, but it's got to happen. I think it's got to come from something outside the normal class structure I'm trying not to use the word paradigm, um, but something outside of what's usually the usual class dynamics. It's got to be something separate. It's got to be something individual. Um, it's got to be something that uh, the dynamic between you and the kid has got to be something outside of. Is that he's learned? He's learned the system. You got somehow you got to shake that up and get it outside the system. You got to make it something different. Um, whether it's you know it's a asking him for a favor, uh, you know you're not going to go so far as to like you know pull a fire alarm, <laughs> but somehow that changes the, the the immediate reality so that the idea that uh, it's a classroom and he's a student and you're the teacher kind of gets pushed aside for a short moment and something else happens. Um, you know, you might you might try spilling your coffee out of it as you walk by. No, I mean, not like that, but um, something. I, I never it, thought about that. Something that grew out. I mean, even something that grows out of a class activity that you know that you you kind of sabotage for it to go wrong, and um, you know you drop all your pencils in front of. Them. I mean, something like that where uh, you break that imprisoning pattern that he is so entrenched in so that he is then forced without you know so unconsciously i mean just just as a matter of the way it is forced out of that dead end role uh and then can interact in, in some other way and then he'll maybe realize like oh that didn't hurt so much okay what would you do if you dropped your pencils in front of the <laughs> student and the student didn't even bother to nothing help happened. nothing happened student well, ask him to help and what happens? Could if, you help me pick that up? And what if he doesn't? Oh, he would. Every time. They, they, yeah, they will. They, they, they'll do it. Okay. Just want to clarify that. Yeah, I, I, I think. Um, and if not, then I'd ask another student to help me, and you know what that would mean. <laughs> well, you know, while you're talking about this, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't get that. <laughs> well, never mind. Oh, come on. I, I think my, my, my sound got garbled there. I think maybe mm. my phones aren't working properly or something. But Well, then, then he, I think SE deserves to fail my class, basically. I think maybe that would be the point where I give up. Yeah, I think it's, I would, you know, instead of, here's a semantic thing, right? Instead of saying the student deserves to fail your class, I usually would say the student has earned an F. Earned, yeah. yeah you have earned a failure. And it's really important because it's not that hard. It is important. You know, it's it's nice almost impossible to fail a class of mine. Um, I mean, it basically... Yeah, you really have to... Yeah, you I, have I understand. To work really you have to work hard to You fail. have to earn... <laughs> you have to earn an F for me. You know, I, I mean, what do I ask my students to do? I ask them to come to class. I ask them to do their group work, stay in English, tell me, ask me, you know, to repeat or tell me they don't understand, give me that feedback, and, you know, just do a minimal amount of studying per week. 
enough that you know you can learn an extra 10 15 words or something right or you know it's like you really have to earn an f for me but you know tony what i'm thinking about while you're talking about this you know these the magical moments right and one of the things that always drives me nuts are, are teaching movies teacher movies right i think uh -huh. we've talked about this right uh -huh. you know and the classic one to sir with love right sydney potty uh -huh. this is going way back everybody this is like a <laughs> 1960s movie but you know sydney potty goes into this really rough rough british school and like within like you know 10 minutes of the movie which must represent maybe his second class the students are turned around right dangerous minds <laughs> with michelle pfeiffer she turns the students around right um Oh, every teaching movie is, I think... Well, mine's a little bit more like Blackboard Jungle. Yeah, Blackboard... But, you know, that actually... Blackboard Jungle was more realistic, right? Yeah. <laughs> he never got through to... The, that was Glenn Ford, right? He never got through to the students. Depressingly realistic. Yeah, yeah but that's the whole point, is that for anyone who's in the classroom, the reality is that how the teaching professions portrayed, but more importantly, how working with at-risk kids or students who are not interested is portrayed is so unrealistic. And somehow, I, you know, we live with these archetypes. I think maybe the best movie I've seen on teaching was Stand and Deliver, which is about the Garfield High School in Los Angeles, Garfield High School, I think, where they had the APA test in math and a lot of the students passed. Um, Jaime Escalante was the teacher um, who was portrayed there. But even that is a Hollywood fabrication because they have all the students passing the class when in reality only four students the first year, I think, took the test. So the problem is, I think, is that I've actually watched all these movies and I think, oh, they can do it. Why can't I? And also because we hear of all these, you know, we hear of many wondrous stories worked by truly wondrous teachers. But I think that there's no support for failure, okay? There's no support where you say, I'm sorry, I couldn't get this student to learn. Because in education, that's considered unacceptable. But in the business world, that person would be fired, uh, right? Right. And right, education right. is under these different constraints and parameters. But the manager never turns and says, you know, I'm not a good manager. I was not able to get this person to achieve peak performance. No, you just say, no, you were unable to meet the standards. I'm sorry, we're le letting you go. Yeah, our, our, time, our times certainly have seen a major shift of responsibility off from off the student's shoulders onto the teachers and institution. Um, unfortunate. Huh? I mean, it, it really, it, 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 you can see the effects. Well, it just I mean exactly what you're saying is it's like with the the student failing it's the it's perceived as the teacher's failure um, rather than the students right and that anytime you go to this extreme that student a student's failure is because the teacher has failed to teach you know that's an extreme and everything I know from my life says it's never black and white it's gray. It's somewhere in the middle there. It's not 100% of the teacher's fault that the student has failed. Unless you're talking about a really incompetent teacher, I think, okay? And there are not that many. Well, no, you're no, you're absolutely right because in 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 that uh, kind of situation, I mean it's like, well, no matter how bad the teacher is, um the student ostensibly has some responsibility for learning. Um sorry teachers of mine in the past um, I learned in many, many, many of my classes, I learned in spite of my teachers. I mean, I did it myself. I taught myself. I was in a classroom with them. They were doing something. A lot of them did not teach me. Hmm. Um, I taught myself. That was, I felt, my responsibility. Um, yeah, they could have stayed home for the most part. I don't know that, you know, like I'm thinking about my algebra classes and geometry classes. I don't recall ever asking a question in class. Um, you know, if I had just taken the, you know, come to the room with the textbook and done the exercises, I probably would have learned as much as if they were there or not. Um, and again, I felt that was my responsibility. That's my job. I was a student. I was there to learn and I did. Um, and uh, me 
coming to class and trying not to learn basically and, and putting that on the shoulders of a teacher yeah it's kind of it's kind of upside down well i think that you hit on this idea of what's commonly called now the autonomous self-regulated learner independent learner right and i think it's hard for people like yourself or myself who always thought that learning was the individual's responsibility that it's hard to grasp somebody who will just not try to learn without mm. any push i mean that's a very that's a big gap for me that's a chasm that's yes. you know i don't know yes. that's like and it, it, it's hard to understand i i, I agree with you right. i i see it i don't understand it yes i don't exactly. know how that feels yeah i don't understand it's really a hard thing for me and this is an empathy issue but you know my attitude is especially now in the world we live in that as i'm now telling all my students i go what's the greatest teacher in the world and the answer of course is google basically literally all the world's knowledge is now available. I don't understand why when someone has a question that they don't Google first. You know, this is an example I think I've talked about where I'll ask my students download this piece of software and learn how to use it. And they come back and say, oh, I don't know how to use it. I don't know how to download it. I don't know how to save it. And it's like, did you Google it? Did you Google the question? No. And you see, this goes back to the question of should I, you know, how gentle should I be with that student? Do I need to turn to the student and say, well, you should have Googled? Or should I just say, excuse me, you know, there's that part of me that wants to go, excuse me? Aren't you responsible for this? Why are you just waiting? But, you know, I know how that people have been socialized. But yeah, yeah. And the thing is, how does, how, how, do, how, do, how did you, how did I, how did, how did we how get have here? they learn how to learn? Yeah, how did we get here and how did they get there? How does one learn how to learn? Where does that happen? Where is that supposed to happen? Where does it happen? Where does it get missed? And even more importantly, if they haven't learned it by now, how am I supposed to help them grasp that idea? How am I supposed to help them get there? And I, I think I think we could I think we can do that. I think we can make again. It's not what it's not what we're getting paid to do. <laughs> but no, I, I think I, I think we can I think we can do, do that. See, I'm sorry, Tony. I do think that's what we're being paid to do. No, we're getting paid to teach them English. No, I think no. That's we're, they're paying us to teach them English. See, I, I mean, I, we see our jobs <laughs> different ways, but I don't. They, they're paying us to increase their their English scores on the test. That's what they're paying us to do. Um, I know you define your job differently. I know that I define my job differently, and I consider, and I do consider, teaching them how to learn, how to think, how to how how to get motivated, how to like to learn, um, usefulness of the, all of that. That's I consider that part of my job. But I realize that um, they're paying me to have my, they have being my the, students the get administration, higher test scores. They being the school, not the students. Well, that's the school. That's what that, that's who hires me. That's who pays me. They pay me. Right. The schools. Well, you have. Well, we're going to talk about. Um this in another podcast yeah right um, what, what did you call it <laughs> school looking... school environment no you had a term for it what was it uh school culture school culture yes mm. okay so we'll talk about that later <laughs> that's gonna be a fun one mm. but the thing is to we we need to talk about this in school culture but let's go back right. to you teach and you fail you fail with that kid mm. or the two students or the worst feeling in the world is when you fail at the class Everybody knows that feeling when you go in, you've got your lesson, you do it, and there's no response. <laughs> it just bombs, right? And, you, and you've taught that lesson before, and it's worked and succeeded re consistently well. And I'm talking about batting like 900, okay? You know, which would you know, make me the greatest baseball player in history. But you go in, and there's that class, and you totally bomb. It's not just one student. It's not two students. You bomb with the class, let's say. How often can you go in, sit down in the lunchroom, turn to a bunch of people and say, hey, you know, I bombed. What's going to happen? Right? If you go to the supervising person, you usually say, look, I bombed, you know? I mean, it really, that's, that's a, a school culture thing. But the idea that when we bomb, when we, when we you know, you can't get through to the kid, that if it's the fault of the teacher, then you can't talk to anybody about it, right? Because it's going to be your fault, your responsibility. Have you ever have you ever done that? I'm sorry. 
Oh, I guess maybe you have. I think I probably heard you say you that. Come into a room. Come back to the teachers. No, we've we've worked together bomb. before. Remember. The, well, but you, but yeah, that was a we, unique. And that was we bought. That was different. We had a, that was a an exceptional environment. environment. There. We could, yeah. we could do that with, um, <laughs> yeah, we had a very, unity, right? We shared. It was that was a little bit different. Yeah, because there was no, there, there were no risks. There were no risks for that, and there was, you know, that was an exceptional teaching crew, I think. Yeah. And people who wanted to help each other, but, you know, um, I sometimes feel like I can't go back and say that I've. Bond. I mean, as a as a full timer at my university, I did do that one day. I walked in and I said, "Excuse me," you know, to the part timers room. I said, "You guys have a I hate to interrupt you a little time, but you know, I did this today and it totally bombed. And I just want to know if you guys have any suggestions." And you know, the <laughs> the expressions on people's faces were priceless. I don't think they'd ever heard somebody say that, and they were pretty shocked that it was, I think, someone who works full time coming in and saying that. So it was really, really strange. And I think it's a combination of, you know, just that feeling of guilt, feeling bad, and being overwhelmed emotionally with, I'm not being a good teacher, I'm failing with this kid, I'm failing the student, I'm failing as my responsibility as a teacher. And trying to maintain some kind of emotional and psychological equilibrium in this situation with that continued need to say, I got to find a way to reach this student. I got to find a way. And then not knowing what to do. And it's really, really, really difficult. And so how I go about doing that in the sense of not giving in and then the cycle continues with how oh, if not giving in but am i expending too much energy is this going to ever happen is this student ever going to learn or is this student going to work better with another teacher and you know it's just it's a very vicious you know cycle that mm. is painful it's really painful because the easy thing to do is to say i'm sorry the student cannot learn and therefore I don't have to expend energy there. I've made my call, and I can focus on the other students. Hmm. But is, you know, I don't think anybody. You know, it's on one sense. It's yeah. If it's if after twenty five years or twenty eight years of teaching, I make the call. I think that call is based on experience. I've seen a number of students who didn't seem to be successful. Or no, let me rephrase. I've seen a number of students who were not successful in my classrooms. I have no idea what happened to them in other classrooms, and this is a good communication issue that we don't know what happens to students that have not succeeded. And I feel like I can make the call when it's like, I'm sorry, this is not a good expenditure of resources, but I still feel bad. Mm. And mm. I don't like to feel bad. <laughs> I like to feel good. <laughs> so, yes, it's, you know, what are what strategies are there? What techniques yeah. are there, right? Or actually, I would like to know, you know, at what point should an alternative kind of track be created for the student right should i pull the student I mean, yeah they're, they're, that's kind of almost you know it's a it's a sad thing because it seems like such a, i mean there's such an obvious need and um it could be so useful um for schools to have for example for these kind of students which are for whatever reason or not the teacher gets to a certain point and concludes they're unreachable, uh, you know, at a certain point. I, I can't, you know, have some next step, you know, some kind of alternative, you know, classroom experience, individual with, an, with another teacher or the same teacher, some pressure valve where it's okay, this is some place for, for the, for the situation to go, some place for the student to go, some, something set in place. Okay. This is, this is a, a code yellow. And this this kid is not working in this classroom. Let's let's try this other thing, uh, or what these other things that we have in place for that type of thing. Um, it, it should be something that's thought out and something that should be there, and it almost never is. I mean, like right? a study hall. That's a, but but an effective study yes yeah hall. not yeah. just yeah. Not, not, not a holding pen. Well, that was detention, <laughs> which was it? a study hall that I yeah, there is a holding. That pen was what for, study hall was right. Was like in. Yeah. In school suspension, 
but yeah, yeah, it was it was it was punishment. Right. I mean, most of the time we're not faced with disciplinary problems. I think. Right. I mean, it's pretty insane to actually be talking about classroom management issues in a university setting. Yeah, it, but it, it, there are some classes where it gets close, but as a rule, no. Yeah, nothing compared you, you to... You don't have discipline problems. I mean, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, you know, right. texting in classes is as bad as it gets. Or, or I've had some other weird stuff, but that's exceptional. Right. So the question is, what would happen? Again, you know, we go back to this, right? So what do you do? How do you cope with it? And, you know, I've... I've worked with students at lunchtime. I said, look, you're not making it. And unless you come and meet with me during lunch and spend, you know, half an hour with me helping you, tutoring you, you're not going to pass the class. Mm. And, I, you know, that's when you have that option, when you have that time. Right, but exactly. There are people right. I know who are teaching four straight classes, you know, six hours of teaching. And then you're asking that person to give up an hour break which for lunch, which is... I can do that if I choose to do so. That's my choice. But mm -hmm. there are times when I need that hour break. I need to yeah. review what's happening to modify what's going on and just or just get your sanity just to back. get your sanity back if I've had a you know, yeah, exactly. So it's just it just goes on and on and on, you know. But yeah, I think that in our situation there are times when you have to simply Say, look, I can't really, this isn't going to work. And the student's not going to learn. But the worst part is that student's going to keep coming to class because there is that, we have to talk about this also, right? Where the student will not do anything in class, will not get anything, and then be upset that you have given them a fail because they came to every class. Uh -huh, you know, there are uh -huh. schools that will say you have to pass that student, mm -hmm. right? So it's all very weird. So I'm still at a loss with this topic. Although I do feel better. Yeah, I feel better, yeah, Tony. Yeah. I feel better. I don't feel so bad about myself. Thank you for the therapeutic hour. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then, and along with this, but, you know, there's some, I mentioned early on, there are some kids who um, will foil you. Uh, and I don't know how, you know, again, sometimes it's, it's, it's obvious, sometimes it's not, but I've got a couple of cases that are... Um, there's no other explanation. There's some, and again, not a psychiatrist. <laughs> I'm not a therapist, but um, uh, I have, you know, experienced, seen situations where the only explanation that I come up is that the student wants to fail. Um, one of my schools, uh, small class, small class is about 15, and uh, there was a girl, and um, I can surmise by her wardrobe and her appearance when she came in for a first period class that her work involved uh, being out at night. And, uh, uh, you know, some, some of could come in kind of, kind of ragged, but she'd, she'd make an effort and, you know, her, she'd be low energy. This is her first year. Um, this is a required first year English class. And, um, you know, the first year did, didn't make enough classes and missed too many classes and saw her again the second year and the same thing happened and then the third year say so, okay so it comes to the third time around it's like we're gonna uh you know really you know it's like work and say okay come on you know this and that and at the end of each class each week it says you know I'll call her my um come on my you have to you know next week make sure you get you know get here because you know you've already missed three or four times and then she she disappear again the fourth year, um, it was her sixth year. That she, and she was coming back. I think maybe she's this one class, and uh, and I says my you know come on, please. And I had her, I got her phone number and I called her in the morning to wake her up. Um, <laughs> she she calls the day of the final examination. I'm sick. I can't come. I said, oh, man. All right. So I was going to schedule a makeup and I was going to meet her in a coffee shop so she could do her oral exam. And I said, this is nuts. And uh, I said, OK, my let's just just write me one page something. I can't remember what it was and email it to me by four o'clock on Thursday. OK. 
she's illness is passed. She has like this is Monday. She has till Thursday to write one page. Send me the thing. <laughs> I did receive it. I think I received it like like eleven p.m. on Thursday. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so, as it turned out, we were out, this was a, a class that was co-taught with another teacher. So we got together, and he says, you know. No, she didn't pass his class either. <laughs> didn't do enough. And I and I says, well, what are you gonna what are we gonna do? And he goes, well, you know, if you look at it another way, it's like cumulatively we we were failing her because you know she didn't come to enough classes. Enough classes. But if you put this, it all together, year, right? If you put it over, three <laughs> she didn't years. come. To, and actually, you know, her performance is really not that bad when she doesn't. Right? She says, well, you know, look at it cumulatively over the six years, she spent more time in this class than anybody that we've passed. And I says. That sounds good to me. <laughs> Let's get her the hell out of here. Let's pass her. But this girl was just intent on, on self-sabotaging. Mm. Uh, and I got another kid in the process of this. He's a guy at, an, at a really good school. He's he's sharp enough. He's not he's not a genius. Um, he, he's he's sharp enough. His English is not good, but it's good enough. If this kid would come to class, he would pass. Um, he, I have him now for the third year. Um, he's on my roll and uh, coming up on week four, and uh, have yet to see him. So, yeah, well, that's a different kind of situation, right? It's a very different kind of situation. But it it understood that the, my point is is that yeah, there's some things that we don't have control over. There's some no matter what you know what kind of super teacher you are, there some kids are going to find a way to fail, right? And You've got to deal with those. And there are some that, and you are not a doctor. You're not a psychiatrist. You're not a social worker. You're not a counselor. And the other thing is, you know, uh, some people have a harder time with this than others. Like, we're not their friend either. We're their teacher. Yes. Um, And you can, not saying that you can't be um, sympathetic and you can't, or empathetic and listen to them, their problems, and sit down and talk with them. But, you're not going to wave a magic wand and solve all their problems. And some of those problems are going to completely bury any effort that you've got in the class. And I, you know, I got another kid. This is another, this is another great little, little story. She was uh, at a good school and she's in my class, I think, three years ago. And uh, she was having some psychological problems. Um, you know, I, not, again, I'm not a professional. I can't speak to it. I can tell something was going on. Um, there was some kind of inappropriate behavior happening that started and then she kind of disappeared. Um, and, uh, came, was on my way to class last week or yeah, last week. And, uh, I heard her voice. Oh, you know, sensei. Um, and I said, oh, hi, very changed appearance, different hair. I barely recognized her and she was very cheerful. Um, and she said, uh, oh yeah, I've been looking for him and see, I I just wanted you to know, um, I've solved my problems. Uh, uh, man, I'm, I'm completely well and, um, I'm going to retake your class in fall and I I already bought the book. Hmm. Hmm. So... Yeah, at the time, it's like, yeah, I failed because she stopped coming to class and she didn't, you know, didn't tell me what happened and thing. But, and I, you know, and yeah, and I, I failed her because she wasn't there. Um, I, I, yeah, I felt bad, but there wasn't anything that I could have done. I mean, she had problems that were way beyond anything that uh, I think, uh, certainly way beyond anything that I could have done. Um, I mean, other teachers might have been able to, you know, again, with that dynamic, it's like a, a female teacher who connected with her in a different way might have been able to bring her back. I don't know. Mm. Um, I did everything I could. I mean, this is, again, this is one, the place where I had like 45 kids in a class. Mm. Um, but mm, there's just something sometimes when you're not going to be able to pull it out. And I think... You got to accept that. I mean, you don't want to go in there thinking that that's what's going to happen with a negative attitude, but you're going to have to accept that. Yeah, you're not going to save everybody. You're not. You're not. You're not. And you can't. And don't. Ex- it's unfair to um, 
put that on yourself to think that you're that if you can't save everybody that you're not a good teacher you're not god right it's a it's a really really good point and you know yeah um you know i have a similar story with a student who had problems and um did that but I, I don't need to tell everybody about that right now, but <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, you're really right about this, but I'm also, I want to point out something I think is really vital, which is we teach at the university level. This is a different attitude than I would have if I were at high school, for example. Oh, yeah. Right? Whereas high school is, you know, yes, oh. I have to save these kids, right? No, every, yeah, nobody yeah, there's can so fail. much more at stake. Nobody can, there's so much right, more at Nobody stake. can it's, fail. It's a real different story, you know, whereas I feel that I'm at college, which is that you're, you're a young adult now. Mm. You have responsibilities. I don't have to take care of you or in that same way. I don't have the same kinds of responsibilities, although I still try to help. You know, I mean, my attitude is if I can help one kid a year. If I can affect mm. one student and help them get over a rough thing in their life, I feel really good about myself. You know, that's, you know, that. But it's really important that teaching at college where there's responsibility, and I'm sorry if you cannot meet those responsibilities, and we're not talking about any kind of inherent disability or learning disability. Um, and I always, you know, if a student, I can see the students having emotional or psychological problems, there's always a little bit of extra slack I'm going to cut, right? Mm. But it's important to say this is university and that there's a really important lesson for the student to learn. You don't follow the rules. You don't produce. You will be given a fair assessment of your performance. And yes. That's yeah, real. You really also have to teach that that you know, yeah your actions have consequences. Right. And that's, that's really, part, of, part right. of the deal. And it's not it's an English class. And if they fail my class, they take it again and they get another teacher, right? Because most of the classes are required. But it would be so different to me if I were in like elementary school or middle school or high school, where I really need to point out that failure is not an option, right? That's where you have to expend everything and all your energy because it's. That's understood that that's part of it. You know, that student, you got to get that student to learn. You got to set them up for the future. And I try to carry that into the university level, but there's a certain part of me also that just says, I'm sorry, you know, this is college. There are different rules, there are different expectations. And of course, we need to get into the fact that the way university now exists in Japan is that there are far too many students going to university who should not be going to universities. Mm. Right? But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Mm. But That's true. I think that we do need to distinguish that we are not talking about teaching in high school, teaching in middle school, teaching in elementary school. Yeah, good, very good point. Right, yeah. where I think we would, you know, all we would be doing would be... A different conversation. A totally different conversation. What we're talking about is that the frustration of what happens when you're teaching in a university and that student can't learn. But then I think back, you know, in the United States, if you were taking a calculus class in college... Right. You would get the yeah. grade if you couldn't pass the test and do the work, you'd fail. And maybe there would be but there would be some kind of tutoring support. Right. That, mm. I think, is the big issue is that there's just very little support. Yeah, there'd be a teacher, teacher, a teaching assistant that you can go to. with your Right. Questions. Exactly. So. Or there'd be a center that could yeah. help you. There'd be some kind of remedial work. The problem is that. It would make a big difference for me, too, is if I could look at a student and say, look, the student, you mentioned this, right, about, mm. you know, that there should be something. It'd be a big difference. Okay, I can't teach the student. The student and I are not clicking, or I don't have the skills or the abilities to teach the student, or whatever reason. And I knew that I could say, okay, you go to this remedial center. Instead of yeah, coming you to, to the, my class. you go to the English lab right. 30 minutes and, a week, clock in, clock out, right. show me or what you do. Or instead of my class, that's what you do. You're going to right. need to work on basic vocabulary. We're going to get you up to the first 500 words or 1,000 words. So that's part of the problem, I think. Okay. Well, anyway, this... Uh, okay, We've gone over. I'm, I just wanted to close. But the real key is that I think we'd be having a completely different discussion if we were not talking about university where there is adult responsibility. And, you know, there are different expectations. I just wanted yeah. to point that out. Because if I were a high school teacher, I think I'd refuse to give up on any student. Yeah. If I were a middle yeah, school, it's a very, yeah, again, very di different. Yeah, yeah. Different failure's thing. not an different option thing, at those different. at those levels. Here, it's simply, excuse me, but this is college, and, and that, if you're yeah, not cutting, that, there's that a certain actual point. experience of failure or something that they yes, need to yes, learn yes, in a, in, right, yes, in a, in a new way, right? right, and not not knowing how to deal with failure is is a real big issue. But we can go off on that anyway. 
I think we should wrap it. We don't want to go over too far. And I think, yeah, just a, just a thought. You that kid, that kid in your class, yeah, um, who uh, um, find out what he likes. Mm. Is it soccer? Is it cars? Graded reader at the lowest level, book report. Mm. Just a thought. Well, actually, um, you know, I'm, I've trying to you know slowly talk to him, mm. but he doesn't trust me yet. Right. So right. that's what the graded reader gives him that little stuff right. because it's not direct personal contact and it might be something right that, you know it's like you know sorry to make this analogy but like you know give like the the, the dog a little treat so you can you know well he's had no he's not so he's in handshake well exactly he's had so no experience kind of, of success right right so yeah easy easy you know level one graded reader i said oh i can read english and it's a topic that he's interested or bring in. me just to bring thought. me ten, if you like soccer bring me 10 verbs for soccer Right, and then give yeah, him like that. ten out of ten. Give him a smiley face. Yeah, I'm thinking through all these things. So obviously, I haven't given up. <laughs> good. Okay. Good for him. Good for him. He's got a good teacher. Uh, I don't know about that. Okay, but we have some announcements to make. Yeah, big news. Big news. Big change. A fiftieth, fiftieth uh, episode. And big anniversary. To big change. For two big change. Years. Two years of this. We're going to make some changes. Why don't you go through the changes, Tony? So well, first, some of you first we're with, getting you know, rid really, of me. Really good. <laughs> some of you with really good ears might have noticed. Uh, that uh, this podcast is, uh, we, we record it a little bit differently, technically, we don't need to talk about it, but um, you might notice a, a slight improvement in the quality, and if you did, great. Um, and uh, if you had any problems with the different format of things, yeah, please let us know, um, twoteacherstalking.com, twoteachers at gmail.com. But, um, but iTunes the, will um, still play. Yeah, that's a very small change iTunes will still play it with the the format change the file. Yeah, format. yeah, everything. Yeah, it should be basically invisible. Right, you shouldn't to, even to the, see it. You shouldn't yes. notice anything. You, except except that it sounds a little bit sounds better. clear. Okay, and the second yeah. announcement. And the second one is uh, we're uh, shifting our scheduling a bit. A uh, bit. It's <laughs> a bit. Just a little. It's a bit. It's just a little tweak. <laughs> it's a little tweak. Um, yeah, we've been doing this for two years. We've been uh, putting out pretty much ex except for uh, semester breaks and things. Uh, a show every two weeks and things, and it's hard work, <laughs> basically. And uh, we thought we'd maybe scale it down a bit and uh, shift it to a a, a monthly uh, project. So you'll this will only be coming out once a month, um, and why not the first of each month? Uh, and uh, hopefully that'll give uh, Charles and I not only a chance to you know see our significant others and read a book and catch up with our other work but um also give us a little more time to uh, uh prepare and hone the the podcast itself uh do a, get a little more outside stuff uh, some interviews with people other things and um try to make it a, a better experience uh for the listeners mm, i think so and it gives us a chance to talk a little bit before the podcast and make it more interesting for people, more relevant, and do a little bit more homework. And yes, I don't won't mind having one more Saturday morning to wake up late. Yeah, we're triple win, right? It's a little more free time for us. It's a little uh, less quantity, but an increase in quality, we hope. We hope. <laughs> we, hope. we hope. We both say we that hope. together. And more interesting for our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well. And we don't want to wear out our welcome. Yes. All right, so we are two teachers talking once a month. There we okay, go. Okay, two teachers talking at two teachers talking at gmail.com, two teachers talking.com, and two teachers talking on iTunes. There we are. So until uh, June 1st. June 1st. This is yeah. Charles Wiz and Tony Silva. And we are finished. <laughs>